I'm out walking tonight and I gotta have light because it's very slippery. Have on my core pack and uh, have, I suppose, it's about 30, 32 degrees. Just the slipperiest that snow gets. So that's a little problematic, but we'll rise to that challenge. The topic that I want to talk about tonight is in some ways the topic that is, I feel like a, there are a lot of people s struggling to, to comprehend this. We've uh, just gone through an election cycle and uh, we, ha we have people who are voting for things that, that clearly harm them. Um, you may choose which one you, you want to blame, but um, it, it, it simply is unsustainable. People voting for things that, that just don't work. Um, I, I'll take the maybe the lowest hanging fruit, the issue of defund the police. Um, the police, the police patrol most. They get called most to the very areas where people are angry at them. And that makes sense, right? You, you're, you're, you got police bothering you because they're there, but they're there because there are problems there. And, uh, and so, so you have people who decide that this is going to be their, their cause and uh, that, that they need to, to prove that they are um, the kind of person who understands that, that the police sometimes go too far. I think that's true. The police sometimes go too far. I, I think the reasons are very much psychologically understood. I think that if you understood the temperaments of who is attracted to the police um, and, and spent more time looking at that and more time sort of considering what aspects um, make a good police officer, maybe you'd get different results. But I can't blame anyone for the quality of the police because I have never wanted to do it myself. And if not me, then who? Um, I'll tell you very much for me, you know, as I thought about service, service in the army, I wanted, I was willing to, I understood it as a patriotic duty. Um, service as, as police just, just really never called to me in the same way, which means I really don't have much room to criticize. But that being said, um, I, am, I am concerned how often you encounter police who, who sort of put on the uniform and, and lose, their, lose their personality. They become the uniform which is exactly what you do in the military. You become the uniform. But that is because you are going into battle. And the person who kills you kills the uniform that you happen to be wearing. Well, that model really has its problems if you're considering policing. Um, and so all of that is to say... I get that it's a complicated issue, but a simple solution of get rid of them 
is, is so manifestly problematic and hurts worse the people who, who um, are calling the loudest for it, those communities which are, are demanding it. Okay, what's my point? My point has nothing to do with about defund the police. My point has to do with people who are wrecking the things that they themselves use. People who are voting for things that will wreck what they need. And so people, people are, are, are voting against their best interest um, con continually. Um, and, and they may be voting that way to try to balance, to, to bring some justice. Um, and, and, you know, there are things that we would suffer to see justice done. So we, maybe this isn't the best for me, but I would rather see justice done. And, and maybe people feel that way. But it's so common, and I so often hear people basically um, say, well, what are they doing? Um, it always comes to my mind, sort of the archetype was a, was a picture. I used to love Richard Scarry books. Um, and there was this one uh, story and uh, had the picture, and here's Fix-It Fox has a small saw and he's standing on a small branch and he's sawing, industriously sawing the branch off. And on the other side, the beaver, I don't know if he had a name, he wasn't a regular, but the beaver has a big saw sawing off a big branch. And the question to the story that you read to your kid is, well, Mr. Fix-It Fox and Mr. Beaver are racing to cut off their branches. Who do you think will win? And it's, you know, it's kind of tongue-in-cheek because the answer is neither of them win. When they saw off the branch, they will fall. That's what's in my cartoon bubble with so much of what I see going on. People who are sawing off the branch they're standing on. They are, they are hampering the thing that's most likely to help them in hopes that it will somehow punish the people who have clearly have the means to get away from it. Um, one, one, of the, one of those bedrock questions that, that is worth thinking about is the question of where do rich people live? Well, the answer is rich people live wherever they want. The more money you have, the more mobile you are. I can't decide right now I can't decide to go live in another country. Absolutely do not have enough uh, portable income. I, I, can't, I can't do that. People who have considerably more money can. They can move to the state of their convenience. I, you know, just, I mean, we have some assets, some property, right? But for me, even to move to another state is, is financially not feasible. Right? So I can't move to the places that, that benefit me the most. People of more means can. Now I suppose on the extreme, you have the homeless guy who could, who could go wherever benefits are the best. And, and that has been noted. So you have, a, you have a state that has particularly generous offerings to the homeless and they attract more homeless. 
so so I won't say this entirely, but but if you if you take sort of the outliers, the on one end the guys who are homeless and can go wherever benefits are good, and on the other end people who can buy their own island or their own country. Okay, but for the rest of us, you get the point. It it is it is money that allows you to avoid these things. Um. And yet people continue to vote. Now, there's a good, a very strong part of this that comes from our refusal to acknowledge the significance of, the, of one of the Ten Commandments. It says, thou shalt not covet. Okay, so, so we have a society that has ignored God's law. A Western society, I think, has done a good job of at least trying to address each one of the Ten Commandments in some way, shape, or form. Uh, maybe they haven't done a good job. Maybe they've been disingenuous. But the one that they have not done well addressing, I would say, is thou shalt not covet. And so a large part of the problem that we see people wrecking the very systems that they rely on, cutting off the branch they're standing on, comes from this, this twisting of their personality that comes when coveting is allowed to happen. could talk long on that topic, but that's not the topic tonight. I want to talk about another reason. Another reason why people seem so quick to do things that their self-interest should make them cautious about doing, cautious about implementing. And uh, one, of, one of the biggest, I think, um, from, from my perspective, one of the reasons, has to do with something that has happened in the West. And to, to trace it to its, to its origin, would take a long time. But basically, let's just talk about how it manifests itself. People feel guilty for feeling guilty. It's one of the funniest things, but I bet you have heard it. I know I have heard it many, many times. Somebody will say to you, I know I shouldn't feel guilty, but I feel guilty. And it's just like, wow, somebody has so clearly preached at them that feeling guilty is wrong, that people feel guilty for feeling guilty. So when does that end, right? What you just defined there is a, a feedback loop. If I feel guilty for feeling guilty, then I'll feel guilty for feeling guilty for feeling guilty. And I'll feel guilty for feeling guilty for feeling guilty for feeling guilty. If I'm not supposed to feel guilty, and I do, we have a problem. Well, then the question is, why do we feel guilty? And as much as people would like to say, we feel guilty because some bad person accused you. Someone who was judgmental stood over you frowning, and that's why you feel guilty. Well, does that happen? Absolutely. You can make someone feel guilty for doing something which carries no moral implication. 
It's not hard. I mean, just watch somebody sort of with a frown, and they will start to question what they're doing. What's wrong? What's wrong? They will start to feel something. Now, if you consistently do that, you, you have people who feel guilty. And that's happened in our society. That has happened thanks to the church, thanks to uh, uh, sort of Puritan tradition. There's a lot of reasons. But the question, is that all? And I think almost anybody who has a wide basis of people that they know, that they talk to, will say no. That, that does not explain all of the guilt feelings. People feel guilty. Now, a Christian would say, well, they feel guilty because the Holy Spirit. Um, a moralist would say, well, it's because of a conscience that's built into them, um, so, some, some type in their brain that they know they're not being faithful to. Um, I suppose uh, uh, someone who believes in a naturalistic universe could even sort of account for an assault on something um, that, that was encoded in us, sort of a, a morality that involved. All of those things could be possible explanations. But I would argue that most people have felt like guilt was a phenomenon. They felt like they did not decide to feel guilty. And even though they can, they can uh, sort of find some people who who might judge them for the action, they would admit that they felt guilty before someone actually judged them. So, so it was a secret. So, well, then you're taking it. So you mean that you felt guilty because the threat of being found out. Well, I'm not sure that that tracks. I'm not sure that that carries over to other areas, that, that the threat is enough to make you feel this so emotionally. So I do something, and I realize somebody might find out, but they haven't. But I feel guilty, as if they did. I, 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 what, I'm, what I'm trying to make, the point I'm trying to make is that I think feelings of guilt are a phenomenon. They occur. And the thing that has happened in the Western world, as, as thought developed, and as, as humanism developed, man is the, the height of this, people said, well, this guilt really doesn't have a lot of use, so we should get rid of it. And I would agree, mm, maybe. But I certainly can agree at that first blush that I would say, huh, you know, feeling guilty is not the best way to, uh, to realize you need to change. And so if somebody were to say, okay, you can, you, 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 let's, let's address this a different way. Let's train. Okay, so maybe, maybe a behavioralist, um, behavioral therapist would say, look, don't even waste time feeling guilty. Start 
acting differently. Start training yourself to behave in a different way. That would be a good idea, and I would agree with them. Don't waste more time feeling guilty. Be sort of like a coach talking to somebody who, who last track meet didn't live up to their potential. I would hope the coach would say, look, <laughs> don't spend another minute regretting that you didn't practice and that you ate too much the night before. Start practicing today. Improve. So, so somebody who has the best interests of, of the development of people might say, hey, let's just not feel guilty. Let's just jump to the next level. But their tendency is to deny the phenomena. So what happens is somebody says, I feel guilty. And they say, you shouldn't. Which results in, in what I have observed, maybe you have, is people saying, well, I know I shouldn't feel guilty. People feeling guilty for feeling guilty, which is an endless cycle. So what's happened in the West, for whatever reason, maybe some of it, I mean, it's easy, kind of kind of cheap shot to say, well, they just don't want to have guilt because they want to do their own thing. And I'm like, okay, I will accept that that, that may be. But I'm not going to say everybody does. So some people may say, I, I, let's just not feel guilty, then we could do whatever we want. Um, but there are people who, who feel guilty and, and, and they really would like to do whatever they want. It, it doesn't work, even if you're motivated, sort of selfishly, saying, I just don't want to feel guilty and I'm going to do what I'm going to do. Um, so it doesn't work. You know, that's, that's my point. That's my only point. Denying the phenomenon of guilt doesn't work. People still feel guilty. It's like denying the phenomena of cold. Don't feel cold. No, that's not what we tell someone. You say, oh, I'm, I'm chilly. We don't say, well, stop feeling that way. We accept the phenomena. And for whatever level, and maybe it's unique to you, but go put on a sweater. Turn up the heat. Go get out of the, the rain and cold. Whatever you do. We accept the phenomena and we find a solution. But in this one area, our solution was, I mean, intelligent people determined that the solution is don't feel guilty. Well, it comes to the point that we... I said, I've observed this, maybe you have, where we find ourselves feeling that injunction, like a moral injunction, don't feel guilty. But I do, but I'm not allowed to say it. And so what happens is we have a whole population that tends to have a lot of feelings of guilt that they cannot admit to. Because they know if they tell people, especially educated people, especially people who are supposed to be in the know, who are supposed to uh, um, guide our society by their wisdom and intelligence, they will say, don't feel guilty. 
And, and like I said, that may be good if they said, hey, don't waste your time feeling guilty. Here's what you can do. Um, but that's not, that, that's a rather complex message. So what's the message that they get? Don't feel guilty. And if that is not possible, then what's the message they take away? Don't admit to feeling guilty. So what I believe has happened is we have a society that, that says, don't admit to feeling guilty. Don't admit that you feel guilty. You can't, you can't feel guilty. And if you do, you can't admit it. Well, let's look at what happens in societies that aren't corrupted by this Western way of thinking. Someone, maybe it's a spiritual man, or maybe it's a fraud, but someone gives you a psychological tool to deal with the guilt. So what happened in, in Israel? They said, go, take your, take your best lamb, kill it, or your best dove, or your best bull, um, wh whatever it is, whatever level meets the level of guilt you're feeling, go, take it and kill it. And from this moment on, when you feel guilty, you say to yourself, I don't have to feel guilty. I sacrificed. That's a psychological strategy. Now, a, a Christian, which I am, would say that actually that sacrifice had something to do spiritually. There was a spiritual significance to that. But even if you don't believe that. And I'm not sure how much that is, but I know that you have a psychological strategy. That psychological strategy works across all different religions. So, so you're an aboriginal man who's done something which makes you feel guilty, and you go to the medicine man, or whatever they call them, and he tells you to cover yourself in, in goose grease and hang from a tree in the full moon, and you do it, then when you feel guilty the next time, you say, I don't have to feel guilty because I made a fool of myself. And even if, even if you could argue that there's no real significance, what does the word real mean? Well, we'll, we'll, we'll leave that for another talk. But if they could prove that there is no God and that he doesn't want you to cover yourself in goose grease and hang in midnight from a tree while the moon is shining, you still have a psychological tool to say, I don't have to feel guilty for that anymore. I made atonement. If you could prove that there is not a God who accepts the blood of, of sheep and goats because they reminded him of the sacrifice that his son would make. Some, some version of that is, is what Christians tend to believe. And if you could prove that all of that is untrue, you still have a psychological tool to say, I do not have to feel guilty for that. And when you feel guilty, you can admit that you feel guilty. And you can say, here is, I feel guilty. This is what I have done. I don't have to feel guilty anymore. 
And we took that away from primarily Western educated people have denied that to anybody over whom they have influence. So Western educated people are living in this, this environment where they do not dare say, I feel guilty. And when they do feel guilty, they are treated as if they are sick, that they're broken and in need of fixing. Only they don't know how to fix it. You're supposed to just not feel guilty. And what do they give you to fix that? If, if I say, I feel guilty, I talk to my therapist, and my therapist says, you shouldn't feel guilty. What do they do? They find, oddly enough, very often they find someone who should feel guilty, not you. It's like, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. If I am feeling guilty for this, but it is not my fault, it is my father's fault. That's a common one, right? Your upbringing, there were people there, and, and it's their fault. You shouldn't feel guilty. They should. Well, that isn't really a solution because that means that perhaps I'm feeling guilty for this thing, which I shouldn't feel guilty for, but actually I should be feeling guilty for four or five other things. So it doesn't work. It doesn't work to say you're, you're, you shouldn't feel guilty. Your parents should feel guilty. Because if your parents were sitting at the therapist saying, we feel guilty, they would say, well, you shouldn't feel guilty, and they would pass it on. So it doesn't really end. There's just always this guilt. And so part of the reason why we deny the phenomenon of guilt is there's nothing to do with it. You pass it on and pass it on and pass it on. Either you should feel guilty for this or you should feel guilty for something that you don't even know. And maybe you shouldn't feel guilty, but your parents should. But your parents shouldn't feel guilty. Someone else should. Either there is guilt or there isn't. And if you deny the phenomenon, you're left with this guilt just floating around. And I believe that is the situation we face in this country today. Our college-educated people, by and large, people who have accepted that we have and improved, I guess the, the right word is progressives, our progressives have, have convinced people that you should not feel guilty. And, and they have probably correctly convinced you that... It's easier just to deny guilt than to try to figure out what you do with it. Who do you pass it to? Nobody, nobody takes it. This guilt just keeps cycling and cycling and cycling. You shouldn't feel guilty. Your society should, but you make up society. So maybe the guilt should come to you as part of the society, not as the person who just did what you did. And round and round and round it goes. And so we have this, this society with this free-floating guilt and this injunction, do not feel guilty. So what happens? Somebody comes along and plays that game, but suggests that there is a way for you to get 
atonement, only we won't call it that. But they breathe a hint that says, you could be a good person if you would just do X. And what happens? People say, well, you know what, I wouldn't normally do X. X would entail a sacrifice. But it is logical that it will cost you to get rid of guilt. So the idea that it's some sort of sacrifice, some sort, it, it fits right in. And because they are desperate to do something with their guilt, they say, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to. So along comes somebody and says, if you would just save the whales, you would be able to say that you don't, ha I would say you don't have to feel guilty anymore. Only don't feel guilty. But, but we'll, we'll just, we won't address it. So if you will save the whales, you're a good person. And you won't have to feel guilty anymore. So what happens? Well, I mean, this is sort of picking up in my life. Where it went before that, I, I wasn't alive for the, uh, for the uh, civil rights movement. Um, so I'm just talking about what, what I have experienced. So, okay, I'm, I'm feeling guilty. I'm being taught that I shouldn't admit that I feel guilty, that I should feel guilty for feeling guilty. I've got this guilt floating around, and somebody comes and says, if you would save the whales, you, you would be a good person. If you're a good person, you wouldn't feel guilty anymore. So jump on board, hop on the bandwagon, save the whales. Which I think is, it, it, it is totally irrelevant, right? The people said, didn't say, oh, wow, you know what? There are these products we get from whales, and I will have to give up those products. And there are these people who make their living um, using the whales, and uh, they will have to simply suffer. And whales are a renewable resource. And uh, so what will happen to the whales that aren't killed? They'll die of old age. And uh, we, we don't look at any of that. We say, really, honestly, if I save the whales, if I do what I can to save the whales, I'll be a good person, right? And somebody says, yes, yes, you'll be a good person. And good people don't feel guilt, right? Yeah, that's right, so... So what happens? Well, we save the whales. I mean, by and large, the whole whale industry, it's odd that, that the biggest thing to save the whales was, was oil. <laughs> and yet oil is, is like one of the favorite things to hate. It's like, that's not very consistent. The single biggest reason that, that whales aren't being killed in great numbers is because of the petroleum industry. All right, I'm sorry, I, I get kind of caught. It's so dumb. But why? It wasn't about saving the whales. It was about, I'm a good person. So then we have this, this group of people who have done all they can to save the whales and are actually making a difference in the number of whales that are harvested. They're actually saving the whales as, as, as a, of right now, as far as I have heard, we are basically, we are, are not 
depleting the world's population of whales. They, they are thriving. Are the numbers, were they ever more? Maybe they were, but, but we certainly have enough whales that we aren't wondering whether there'll be whales tomorrow. They're, they're, we have saved the whales as a species. Okay. But what was the promise that was made? I was promised that if we saved the whales, I would be a good person. And good people don't feel guilty. So what if I still feel guilty? So we're up to about 1984, right? I mean, not the book, not reference that. We're up to about 1984 in terms of the timeline of life. So then what? Divest now. The problem is that South Africa exists. That's the problem. And if you would make sure that you don't buy any products that come from a company that has some of its profits in South Africa, you'll be a good person. Really? I'll be a good, yes, you'll be a good person. And good people don't feel guilty. That's right. All right. So let's divest. And we don't look at whether divesting will actually hurt the economy of South Africa. We don't look at what it's going to do. We just say, promise me I'll be a good person if we divest. Yep, you'll be a good person if you divest. Okay, then that's what we'll do because I want to be a good person because I want to stop feeling guilty, particularly since I can't even admit that I do feel guilty. And so what do we do? And, and I'm not saying these are bad things. I'm glad that we aren't driving whales to extinction. I am glad that institutional racism in a country like South Africa has been challenged. Not sure that we didn't go too far, but the only way to, to make progress is to try it. And so what do we do? We said, okay, institutional racism, um, being, being, having it be illegal to mix the races is, is not okay. Some, some other solution has to be found. And so South Africa finds some other solution. Is it better? Is it worse? Well, for some ways it's better. Some ways it's worse. I would say the net is probably a positive. But I'm not sure because you look at, you look at other countries in Africa and, and you find that, that it has gone too far. So not sure. The jury's still out, but I would say basically it is... I mean, certainly, certainly it is good when we recognize the humanity of everyone. And maybe recognizing the humanity of everyone as individuals is a prerequisite to any kind of substantive improvement. Okay? But the problem is that when we recognize the humanity of every individual, it's tempting for us to recognize the humanity of groups. And then group identity grows stronger. And group identity wars against the individual. And so giving blacks right, giving blacks rights, and giving every individual rights are two very different things. And giving giving whites rights rights yeah, white rice whites rights 
is is a is a bad idea. Not because whites don't deserve rights either, but because it is the class of people. Don't give rights to you to anyone because they are white or because they're black or because they're native or because of anything else. Give them rights as an individual. That's my belief. I think it's been borne out. The strongest societies, the ones that have grown and really raised all boats, so to speak, the rising tide lifts all boats, they have been ones who have recognized the individual. All right, that's my opinion, uninformed as it is, of, of whether we made progress, I think. But it didn't help the people who were looking for some sort of atonement, right? They never had to admit that they felt guilty. They were just supposed to be a good person, and a good person wouldn't feel guilty. And so they get done with incredible strides in divesting and, and forcing change in South Africa, and they still feel guilty. Why? I believe it's because guilt is a phenomenon. And so what has gone on, and at some point in this process, the people who offered atonement, but were willing to, to phrase it, to say, you don't have to admit that you feel guilt, just do this and you will be a good person. They have gotten stronger and stronger, and I think they have gotten more and more um, greedy. Turns out you can make a lot of money promising to tell people you'll be a good person. And it's gotten absolutely crazy. You mean I'll be a good person if I put curly Q light bulbs in my house? Remember that? You know, probably the thing that irritates me most is once they knew that they were obsolete because of LEDs, they started selling them cheap. I have, and it was like, wow, they've been it's so expensive and now they're getting cheap. And I bought several cases because it was like, this is a good deal. They were unloading them. Because it turns out that curly-cued light bulbs are a really bad idea in the long run. And I really think LED are an improvement, right? But you get how curly-cued light bulbs, you're going to save the world. You would be a good person. And they didn't check into the fact that if we use less electricity, we'll have to pay more per kilowatt, and, and the price structure is going to change, and the service is going to change, and we're going to have no, none of that. And so the people, the hucksters of this cheap atonement, that they don't even call atonement because they won't even admit guilt, but these salesmen who say, you will be a good person if you have curly Q light bulb, you will be a good person if you drive a hybrid, you will be a good person if you let them burn down your police station, you'll be a good person if you let them burn their Target store. You will be a good person. Whatever it is. That is the phenomenon, I believe, that we are seeing. Where people are sawing off the branch they are standing on, looking at some charlatan who says, yep, you'll be a good person. You won't be a good person. You'll be the same person. You'll be riddled with the same guilt.
until you admit that you feel guilty. And once you admit that you feel guilty, you could come up with a strategy. I personally would recommend the strategy of confessing that guilt to Jesus Christ, daring to believe that he paid the penalty and that you don't have to feel guilty because he took the consequence, the only significant consequence, not the day but today consequence, but the eternal consequence. He took that consequence when God turned his back on him so that God never has to turn his back on you. And you say, well, I don't believe that. Well, then get a strategy that you can believe in. But I will tell you this, get a strategy. Admit that you feel guilty. Stop feeling guilty for feeling guilty. Just simple, feel guilt. And come up with a strategy. A strategy that deals with your psychological guilt. I mean, maybe it doesn't deal with the spiritual reality of guilt. Maybe you don't even believe in the spiritual reality of guilt. But it starts, it starts, I'm convinced, with admitting you feel guilt and coming up with a strategy to deal with it. And maybe we'll do the same things. Maybe we'll stop harvesting whales. Maybe we will divest in South Africa. We can't do that anymore, but we'll find the next place. Maybe we'll do exactly the same things, but we will do it for a different reason, and the result will, I believe, be significantly, significantly different. Or we can continue down the same path. I believe that's what we're seeing. And I don't want to be the guy who explains the phenomena of people sawing off the branch they're standing on. I want to be the guy who calls you to admit, to be honest with yourself. Admit when you feel guilty. And when you feel guilty, stop thinking that somebody's going to take care of that guilt. Figure out a strategy. There may be someone who will take your guilt. But until you have figured out that it's a problem and that you need a strategy, then even their offer to take your guilt is pointless. Admit that you feel guilty and undertake to find a solution. And for those who have a solution, then understand what's going on in our society. Or maybe. It's what I think is going on. People wrecking, wrecking what they have. Looking to someone who says, yep, you're a good person and good people don't feel guilty. It's too bad. I wish it was a more productive way. But that is life. Understanding it may be able to keep you from doing it, may be able to help others, but here it is, my best, my best attempt at understanding it. Thanks for listening. I'm home and ready to be done. Happy trails.